men book for her and book for you and me. You'll find good book for everyone at your library. Hello and welcome to Lauren's Library. I am your host, Lauren, and I am here to ramble about book stuff. So grab a seat, grab some coffee, grab a blanket, or grab the steering wheel if you're driving, because I will not be paying for accidents, and get comfortable, because we have a lot to talk about. So if you're new here, just wanted to give a special hello to you. Hey, hi, hello, welcome. Um, now that you're here, you can't leave. Okay, sorry. Those are the rules. <laughs> so on episode nine of Lauren's Library, first of all, holy balls, there are nine episodes. What in the world? But anyway, on episode nine, we're going to talk about Bully Book Talk. We're going to do a review of Yellow Face by R.F. Kwong. And for the short story section, we have a story called My Killer Roommate, written by, yep, you guessed it, me. So go ahead and gather yourself. I'll give you a few seconds. book talk right if you've ever decided to venture into the bookish side of tiktok first prepare yourself because it is a wild place but you may notice that it's mostly women every now and then you may come across a guy more often than not they are gay which is not a big deal but for the most part it's mostly women talking about the latest books they've read which is fine like i said it doesn't bother me at all but every now and then you may catch a person complaining about why there aren't any you know the gym bro type on that side of the app well, earlier, maybe last week, they got their wish, right? This guy on BookTok, he's under the username Zach Talks Book Joint, right? Conventionally attractive, gym bro looking guy with a deep voice and a clearly marketable face. And he's talking about some of the dark fantasy books that y'all have been hollering about for the past few years. And y'all, when I tell you this man's followers blew up, he's been there for like, what, maybe two weeks at the most? If that, and he's already sitting at like, last time I checked, he was sitting at 88,000 followers and 650.6 thousand likes. And he only had like nine videos. It's been a few days since I looked, so I'm willing to guarantee that there are tons more now. But I'm gonna be real with y'all, okay? I can't lie to you. Because I'm gonna be honest with you. I can't lie on this here podcast. But I was hating for a bit. Honestly, truly, I was salty, but not enough to really do anything other than grumble about how I'd be struggling to think of content just for like one or two likes or extra follows. And this man chuckles about haunting Adeline like once and everybody and their mama, I mean, including me, starts following him. All I did was grumble and keep scrolling though, okay? But apparently some people took issue with the same thing, but instead of just rolling their eyes and scrolling past it like I did, they decided to get vocal about it. They made videos complaining about how unfair it is that he has all the followers and just got to BookTok. They were butthurt to the point where they were checking other BookTokers' followings to see if they had him up there. And if they did, they would in turn go and bully the people or they just didn't follow him. And the poor guy, like it got so bad that the poor guy had to make a video asking people to be kind and questioning why people were being like so rude and bullying him. And y'all, y'all. 
first. It's usually authors being dumb in this section of my podcast, so I'm happy for the change of pace, but still, never in any form of the universe should it ever be that serious. He ain't bothering nobody. Y'all complaining about the lack of men, and now when you get one, y'all want to chase them away and try to gatekeep reading. Like, reading of all things. Let's be serious here. Why are you guys so upset in the first place? Watching y'all bully this man and his followers is absolutely wild because what exactly are you mad at here? He's talking about the same books that y'all have been blabbing about. He's making the same type of reading vlogs and book reviews. Is it the fact that he has so many followers and likes? Is it the fact that he's a man? Or is it the fact that he's, you know, con conventionally attractive? Like, what is it? Why are we so upset? What did I miss? Personally, I don't care that he's here and I find it amusing, but if I should be mad, like, let me know. Like, if y'all know something about this person that I don't, let a girl know so I can be in on the tea. But otherwise, if y'all just being rude for the sake of being rude, find something else to do, okay? Find a hobby that does not consist of bullying a random man just because he wants to read a book. <laughs> I mean, there are worse things that he could be doing. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, so let me know if he is actually trash and I'm defending someone that needs to be not defended. <laughs> but in the meantime, I can tell you who did piss me off, okay? You ready? It's Miss Juniper Song Hayward. Y'all don't know who she is? Well, let me tell you. Okay, so a few months ago, a book called Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang was released. And before I even dive into my thoughts on the book, let me tell you the lengths I went to to even get it, okay? So I first saw it on NetGalley. And after reading the synopsis, which I'll read in a few, I was like, oh, I absolutely must read this. Like, no question, have to get it. So I requested it. That request was left on read. As a matter of fact, I'm almost willing to bet money that that request is still pending and the book has already been released. So it sat there stewing in, in pending purgatory for a little while and I kind of forgot about it. But then a month or so later, I saw the audiobook on NetGalley as well. And I figured since they didn't want to um, give it to me for the regular book, maybe I could try my luck with the audio, right? Left me on read again. Then I saw someone I follow on social media say that they emailed the publisher directly and requested it. So I figured I'd try my luck. I drafted up this really great email about how I was a minority reader and I thought I would be such a good voice for it and I could share it with my audience. And I detailed my follower count on each social media platform that I was on. All this pomp and circumstance, right? My confidence was through the roof on this. I figured there was absolutely no way they could read about all this amazingness that is the Bookie Babe and Lauren's Library and deny the request, right? Absolutely unheard of. Well, 10 minutes after hitting send on my immaculate email, they hit me with the automated response that in so many words said I needed to wait until it was released to read it like the rest of the unspecials. So, I had to tuck my tail between my legs and wait. As I waited, seeing all the other book influencers with their funny yellow face packages, you know, because it was they were sending it to the people in like the shipping package that looked like the cover of the book, right? So they were showing the pictures of all their, you know, their packages that came with the art copy. And it really kind of 
rub salt in the wound. But anyway, I am grown. I can take a hint. I'll be okay. My feelings are only mildly hurt. I just licked my wounds in silence. But best believe, as soon as it was available, I snatched a copy. So now that my struggles have been put on front street, let's talk about the actual book, right? Here's what the synopsis said. Authors June Hayward and Athena Liu are supposed to be twin rising stars. Same year at Yale and same debut year in publishing. But Athena's a cross-genre literary darling and June didn't even get a paperback release. Nobody wants stories about basic white girls, June thinks. So when June witnesses Athena's death in a freak accident, she acts on impulse. She steals Athena's just-finished masterpiece, an experimental novel about the unsung contributions of Chinese laborers to the British and French wars efforts during World War I. So what if June edits Athena's novel and sends it to her agent as her own work? So what if she lets her publisher rebrand her as Juniper Song, complete with an ambiguously ethnic author photo? Doesn't this piece of history deserve to be told? Whoever the teller? That's what June claims, and the New York Times bestseller list seems to agree. But June can't get away from Athena's shadow, and emerging evidence threatens to bring June's stolen success down around her. As June races to protect her secret, she discovers exactly how far she will go to keep what she thinks she deserves. Wild synopsis, right? I had heard a lot of good things about this book, so I was excited to read it, but whoo, I read a lot of books, y'all. But there are very few main characters that piss me off as badly as June, aka Juniper Song. <laughs> R.F. Kwong did a fantastic job of capturing a specific demographic of people. I'm not gonna name names, but y'all know who I mean, right? The ones that do messed up things to others, especially others of a race or culture they deem beneath them. And then when people respond negatively and try to hold them accountable for their trash actions, they want to cry and act as if they're the victim. Those people that will bend and contort the situation in order to seem like they're the one that has been wronged. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Y'all know who I mean, okay? But I think it just upset me the most because I recently dealt with a situation where the other person just had to make themselves seem like the victim. They had to be the one pitied and refused to take accountability for their own actions in the situation. Even though the entire situation would not have taken place had they not made the decisions they made. As a matter of fact, they'd rather view me as the enemy than accept that maybe, just maybe, they were 100% wrong. <laughs> I saw a lot of that person in the June character and whew, it was upsetting at times. I was rooting for June's downfall the entire time. Like literally every time she spoke in my head, I was just like, girl, shut up, shut up. I'm not gonna hear you, shut up. <laughs> but what makes the story more nuanced is the fact that Athena Lou was also an unlikable character. There are many instances throughout the story that Athena was painted in a bad light. And it begs the question, what do you do when the victim is unlikable and just as unlikable as the perpetrator? Does it justify the action? Do they deserve to be wrong because they weren't a picture-perfect person? And if you really want to put your thinking caps on, it nods to the phenomenon that occurs when a black person is gunned down by the police. You have the family listing their good qualities trying to convince the public that they deserve to live and they didn't deserve to die or be murdered. And while the public is dredging up every wrongdoing and indiscretion, however big or small, that occurred in their lifetime and using that as an excuse as to why it was justified. I don't know for sure if R.F. Kwong was trying to take it that deep when she wrote Yellow Face, but that is a question that loomed over my head the entire time I read. What do you do when the victim is unlikable? Is the wrong justified because the victim is not perfect? Because none of us are. So what do you do? 
So anyway, yes, this book was amazing because she did such a good job at making such an unlikable character. <laughs> like, I was really in there rooting for June to fail. Okay, and I don't usually be rooting that hard for characters to fail. I may have been a little triggered with my own experiences, but <laughs> either way, I do think y'all should check it out. Absolutely great book. Read it, come back and find me, and then we can talk about it, okay? And in the meantime, I'll let y'all chew on that a little bit while we get ready for the short story section, okay? Forewarning, this story is a bit heavy, but what else is new here? I don't really write stories about sunshine and rainbows. So I wrote this one specifically after watching the last few episodes of Black Mirror on Netflix. And by the way, if you haven't watched that show, stop what you're doing and go watch it like immediately. Thank me later. Anyway, my killer roommate. Let's get into it. One thing that happened to you that no one would believe, Jonelle asked. Her brown eyes sparkled deviously. Darren licked his lips, unsure about how honest he should get on day one. This was her first date, and he didn't want to give her too much too soon and risk scaring her off. He was beginning to like her. She was beautiful, intelligent, and ambitious. Everything he'd always wanted in a partner. His co-worker turned best friend, Kendrick, had introduced them after Darren spotted Janelle at a housewarming party Kendrick and his wife had thrown. As soon as Darren had laid eyes on her, he couldn't focus on anything or anyone else for the rest of the night. Darren? He blinked, surprised. He didn't realize he had zoned out while Janelle was waiting for him to answer the question. You first, he smiled, glancing around the restaurant. None of the other patrons seemed to be paying attention to their conversation. Not that they would be, but... Being in an environment where they were the only two black people made him a little squirrely. Michael B. Jordan and I used to be best friends in middle school, she said, flipping her curly hair over her shoulder and smiling at him. He stared at her for a minute, trying to decide whether or not he believed her. No way! I'm so serious. He and I were in the same class. Her smile widened. It was infectious. Darren couldn't help but smile back at her. So now it's your turn. Janelle took a sip of her drink and picked up her fork. The salmon and vegetables on her plate were still hot. Little billows of smoke bounced off the salmon. Darren glanced down on his own plate and chewed on his bottom lip. Being here with you, probably. No one would believe I'd pull such a beautiful woman. He had hoped his comment would make her smile, but instead she made a face and tilted her head to the side. Nice try, but you won't be getting out of this one. She leaned in. I want your darkest secrets. Darren studied for her for a moment. Eyebrows raised suspiciously. There was something specific she was aiming for, but he wasn't sure what it was. He wanted to know if he could truly trust her. She was beautiful, and conversation flowed easily between them, but there were still strangers at the end of the day. So how much was too much? Um, my roommate in college was a serial killer, he said tentatively. Janelle froze. He watched as the information settled over her. Her eyes grew wide and shocked. You're serious? Unfortunately. You may have heard of the case. Happened in Denver. The guy was killing prostitutes and homeless women. Darren tried his best to sound calm, despite his heart thumping wildly in his chest. That always happened when he thought about this story. It had been years since it happened, but it still felt like it was yesterday in some ways. Janelle's eyes widened. She couldn't mask her shock at his statement. Okay, so you absolutely have to tell me this story. Here? 
Darren looked around warily at the people in the restaurant. Janelle glanced around them as if seeing other people for the first time since they arrived. Well, if you're scared, then... Pfft. Ain't nobody scared, girl. He scoffed. Fine, fine. I'll tell you the story. Ten years earlier. Where do you keep going in the middle of the night? Darren asked. He'd been dying to know for the longest, but since they weren't friends, he didn't feel comfortable asking. His roommate, Jeremy, glanced up from the book he was reading and raised an eyebrow. What do you mean? he asked. Don't try to deny it. I've seen you sneaking out at weird hours. Last night when you returned, you were mad sweaty and your shirt looked like it was stained in red paint. So, what's the deal? Darren stared at Jeremy, taking in his stringy hair and gangly frame. His side of the room was covered in posters of Marilyn Manson and other interesting-looking characters that Darren wasn't really familiar with. It was a bit creepy, but he didn't want to seem like he was being judgmental. People are allowed to like different things. He hadn't spent a lot of time around people with interests similar to Jeremy. Maybe this was normal for them. Jeremy leaned forward in his chair and glared at Darren. Don't ask questions you won't like the answers to, he replied. And then he turned back to the book in his lap. Darren stood there for a moment, shocked at his gruff answer. He stood at the side of Jeremy's face, waiting for him to say something else, before swallowing uneasily and picking up his phone. If Jeremy wouldn't admit it on his own, Darren would just have to see for himself. Later that night, like clockwork, Jeremy rustled in his bed and sat up. Darren squeezed his eyes shut, pretending to be asleep. He could feel Jeremy's eyes boring into him, trying to see if he was awake, but Darren lay frozen in the same position, praying that his heavy breathing wouldn't be noticed. He stayed there where he was until Jeremy had left the room. He waited a few minutes and then slipped out behind him, careful not to be spotted. Darren followed after his roommate for what seemed like hours, but it was most likely just a few minutes. He kept a safe distance and wore all black so he wasn't as easily spotted in the darkness. Jeremy walked briskly up ahead, his greasy hair hidden under his dark hoodie. Darren's heart thumped in his chest as he followed. He could tell that whatever his roommate was getting into this late at night was undoubtedly not good. They were heading into some of the rougher parts of the city. The streets were littered with drug addicts and homeless people down on their luck. Darren hadn't been on this side of the city before he'd only driven past it on his way home on the weekends. He was shocked to see Jeremy out here. Was he buying drugs? Hey, handsome, said an unusually raspy voice. Darren turned sharply to see a woman grinning at him. She wore an ill-fitting dress and heels that looked like they had seen better days. Her hair was matted on her head and her arms were dotted with track marks. He nodded stiffly and kept walking. In the seconds it took to acknowledge this woman, he had lost sight of Jeremy. Darren glanced around in the, in the small cluster of people trying to find his roommate. I can help but find what you're looking for. The raspy voice of the woman was closer than before. Much closer. Her breath tickled his ear. He could feel her dirty fingers wrapping around his wrist. Darren flinched and jerked away from her. No, thank you. I'm not here for that. He tried not to look disgusted as he felt, watching this woman throw herself at him. He resisted the urge to wipe at his ear where her hot breath had just been. Um, have you seen my roommate by any chance? White guy, tall, mostly limbs, greasy hair. The woman tilted her head and stared at him. I'll tell you for $50. Her yellowed grin annoyed Darren. You know what? Don't even worry about it. He sighed, pissed at himself for entertaining this woman long enough to let Jeremy slip out of his sight. 
Part of him wanted to go home and call it quits. Whatever his roommate was out here doing was clearly something Darren didn't need to be involved in. He had almost decided to give up when he heard a commotion from a little further down the street in a corner primarily concealed in darkness. The woman also heard the noise and shriveled back a few steps. Oh, that is who you're looking for? You're on your own, she hissed. Fear coated her voice. Darren turned back to her, getting ready to ask what she meant, but she hobbled onto the distance, not even bothering to glance back in his direction. Darren briefly considered following her lead and leaving, but he had come this far. Turning back now would be pointless. He stepped closer to the sounds. He could hear Jeremy's angry whisper. And when Darren got closer, in the shadows, he could make out Jeremy's lanky figure hovering over a woman on the ground before him. You think I'm going to pay a filthy whore for putting your mouth on me? How dare you demand anything from me, Jeremy hissed. Think you deserve payment? The woman was shaking, obviously terrified. Darren debated whether or not he should step forward and do something, but before he could, he saw Jeremy reach into his hoodie and pull something out. The object caught the light from the moon. A hammer. Darren watched in horror as Jeremy brought the hammer down with more force than he even looked capable of. It connected with the top of the woman's head with a sickening crack. She fell forward against Jeremy's legs, already dead from impact. Blood splattered on the sidewalk around them. Darren felt his stomach flip, and he turned to vomit just as the second crack split the night air. Stop! Darren felt himself yelling before realizing what was happening. Jeremy froze with the hammer in midair. When he turned to glare at Darren, the white-hot rage in his eyes sent a wave of terror through Darren's spine. For a second, the two of them just stood there staring at each other. The woman's body lay in a bloody mess between them. Darren? Jeremy asked. Oh, no. Present day. Janelle stared at Darren, mouth hanging open in complete shock. He chuckled a bit her expression and reached for his glass. The water was cold and welcoming to his dry throat. Reliving that story always made him sweaty and uneasy, but not in the ways that you'd expect. He looked up at Janelle, admiring how perfect her skin was. It had a gentle glow under the restaurant's lights. He was connected to a string of murders in town. All of them were women. All of them were homeless, addicted to drugs prostitutes, or some combination of all three. Janelle shook her head. So? I mean, you can't just stop the story there. How did you survive? He didn't try to kill you after you found out? Darren glanced down at his empty plate. He ended up killing himself, he replied softly. He was still a bit hungry, even after polishing off his food. Fancy restaurants never give you enough food for the money that it costs. That is such a wild story. I'm so glad he didn't hurt you. Janelle reached forward to touch his hand. She smiled gently. He glanced up at her, surprised by her statement. Thank you. Me too, he replied. Deep in his mind, he knew he should feel guilty, but he didn't. Guilt was not something he'd ever been plagued with. Couldn't understand how others seemed to be ruled by it. He observed Janelle closely, debating whether or not she should be next on his list. It had been a long time since he had killed someone and the familiar itch was burning inside his brain. The story he had told Janelle was true, except for one minor detail that he declined to mention. The roles were switched. It was Jeremy who had followed Darren that night and stumbled into something that was so much larger and more complicated than he was prepared to handle. In a fit of self-preservation, Darren had murdered his roommate and staged it to look like a suicide. Part of him had always wondered if that was the right way to handle the situation. 
was sitting here now with this beautiful, unsuspecting woman in front of him. He knew that it was the only choice he could have made that night. It wasn't Darren's fault that Jeremy couldn't leave well enough alone. He did warn him, after all. So what do you think, guys? Let me know. Head over to my blog at www.thebookiebabe.com and poke around a little bit. You know, read some stuff, rate some stuff. Make sure you rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're using. You can follow, like, or leave a message at Lauren's Library Podcast on Instagram, all one word. And you can also find me posting detailed reviews on the bookie babe underscore Instagram and TikTok. But bear with me on the TikTok thing. Your girl is still new up there. All the transitions still give me whiplash, but I'm trying. Anyway, I said all that to say, if you want to say hello, there are multiple ways to contact me. So take your pick. But one way or another, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys.